right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, as always, Connor, NBA pod. If you didn't listen to the college basketball pod, tune in. Uh, you're probably listening to this on Friday. College basketball pod came out on Thursday. We're recording right now, Thursday noon, February 1st. Go listen to that great episode with me, Connor, and Ben. We do Duke Carolina preview, talk about this big weekend coming up. But uh, NBA pod today, Connor. NBA pod. I, I don't Excited. know how we can focus. I don't know how we can like talk about and focus on the NBA when we have Duke Carolina in two days. I know. I wore my GDT bath shirt just to you know make a little statement. I got the scores on it, you know, from Coach K's retirement tour. But yeah, you're right. I, I mean, we're we're talking NBA regular season. My mind's not really here, Carter. Yeah. No, I mean January NBA. Well, I guess it's February now. Day one. Happy February. February so yeah. I guess it is February February NBA time. Um. You uh, before we get into today's episode, uh, we're brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek, best place to buy tickets, sports, concerts, uh, whatever you're going to. Download the SeatGeek app today. Go to SeatGeek.com to get your tickets. Use promo code CarterCast for twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's K A R T E R K A S T to get twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app today in the App Store, Google, wherever you're, wherever whatever phone you have. Go on SeatGeek.com, buy your tickets today, use code CARTERCAST for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get into the show today. Connor, what did you want to start with today? Well, real quick, with the SeatGeek code, Carter, if I want to go to a Hornets game, and it's $8 to get in after fees, and I use our SeatGeek code, do I then get reimbursed $12 on my account? <laughs> no, Questions well, that, that need be, answers. So SeatGeek will not reimburse that, but the mm. Hornets should be the one paying you to go to that game. They should be paying me to, yeah, fill the seats. We're going to have these fake fans like the Chargers filling the seats soon in Charlotte. Yeah, because I, I, I'm I going to buy my Hornets Jazz tickets using SeatGeek, promo code CarterCast, and the game's in Utah. But the problem is I think the Hornets should be paying me to go because the last three times I've been, I've been on their social media pages, I've been on TV, mm. blah, 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 is one of the only Hornets fans there. And th- the Charlotte Hornets have won in Utah – or, sorry, let me rephrase this because I think I might clip this and because uh, this is the craziest stat ever. The Charlotte Hornets have won in Seattle before they have won last time in Utah. <laughs> That's brutal. It's been, longer, it's been longer since they have won a game in Utah than Seattle. Seattle hasn't been a team in, what, 16, 17 years? What are the Mormons doing out there? Is there some kind of magic over the Jazz Stadium whenever Charlotte comes to town? Must be. Must be. Or Charlotte just doesn't care about this jazz game. Yeah. Or they lose a lot. Yeah. That would also be the answer. Or they're just a horrifically bad franchise. That's probably that's, the best. That's a good answer. answer. Uh, but, all right. What did you want to start with? Yeah. So the discourse, everybody's talking about it right now. It's the Joel Embiid injury. It's the 65-game threshold to meet the MVP requirements that were instated this year. Um, the reason it's stemming is because two nights ago, they played the Warriors in Golden State. Embiid, you know, after, quote, ducking Jokic in Denver with an injury, being held out last second, and then not playing in Portland, they then traveled to Golden State where he decided to give it a go, played 30 minutes, 14 points, 5 for 18 shooting, only two free throws, eight turnovers. He was a minus 21 in that game. He wasn't right the whole game. And then, you know, with five minutes left, he comes back in for the last spurt, and Draymond dives. We'll we'll put some air quotes on that. Dives for the ball, lands on Embiid's knee, and he's out, and he's clearly in pain, clearly not right, but you could see it the whole game. He was playing hurt. He was playing injured. So what I wanted to get into is, is the 65-game threshold that the NBA has inserted into the league this year, is that good or bad? Has it had more positives or more negatives? And are guys playing hurt 
just to try to meet that threshold to get the awards, to get the All-NBA, which then goes into the contract incentive stuff. Because I think with Embiid, a lot of this you know, Twitter discourse, I'm not saying he cares that much about MVP, but for somebody on social media and as active as Joel Embiid is, he sees all of that. He sees all that. Whether he you know, lets it affect him or not, it's like Durant. Like They see all this stuff, and all of a sudden he's like, well, I don't want to keep sitting out and getting slandered. I want to play. I want to play through this injury, and all of a sudden – Come March, April, May, he's going to be hurt, and everybody's going to be like, it's because of this rule. So what are your thoughts on the rule, just overall? I like the rule. I don't care. Like, obviously, guys are going to get hurt and stuff. That's the whole point of this rule is, hey, man, if you don't play enough games, you shouldn't get this award. There, Because people, if we were just talking about it. If you're going on SeatGeek and you're buying tickets, you should know that, hey, there is a almost a 95% chance this guy is going to play. The fact that these guys can't play 65 games anymore, the whole line, the whole thing is, if these guys are going to complain, oh, we have to play 65 games to get this, this is a joke, how about we just cut this, how about we just knock off 22 <laughs> games from the season? I, I would be thrilled. How about we get rid of conferences, everybody plays each other twice, and we do the playoffs that way? Because what are we doing here? If, if you're going to p- complain about 65 games, let's play 60 games, let's play home and away. Everybody plays one home and away game, and you get the, you, so it's, it's even. You don't get to play, you know, the Charlotte Hornets extra times. You don't get to play the Wizards extra times. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets to play even amount of games. The games actually matter more. And also, like, because guess what? I would say 60 out of 82 of the games in the NBA actually matter. Twenty, I bet a third, almost a third of the season, or a quarter of the season, is pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I think that's fair. The only thing with shaving off games and doing all that is you're messing with the history and the records and the stats. It's it's gotten to a point where it's already messed up. The basketball historians would come for your throat. I don't. Care, but, I, but the problem is, it's like the product. The product becomes so unbearable. Then yeah. you have, and obviously they're never going to shorten the amount of games ever. The most they would ever shorten it to is seventy-two, and even then. And the other problem is, it's like okay, well, you can get mad and say, oh, basketball historians, blah blah blah. It's like. Well, we've had multiple lockout seasons, and we still count those the same as other seasons. So why are we all of a sudden not counting this? We had a COVID season, and we're supposed to count that as the same as the other seasons. But all of a sudden, we drop it down to 60 games, and, oh, the big bad basketball historians won't let you drop it down. You have to drop it down because these games do not matter at all. The NBA has turned into, like, at least baseball players play. Like, I understand the NBA is very different. Like, you actually have to – you know, put out, it's a lot of energy every game, a lot of traveling, blah, blah, blah. And baseball, you could play four games in a day and you'd be probably fine. But, mm-hmm. f- bas- like, let's just switch it 60 games, two games a week, a college basketball schedule. You go the same duration in the calendar. You play, hey, you play games Friday or Saturday and Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing. You spread them out during the week. It would be awesome. How exciting would every NBA game be if it was 60 games rather than 82? Well, it would be. They would mean more, but I'll give you a reason they're not going to do that. Because if you take 22 games for each team, multiply it by, I think, 15, because like you have to cut it in half for teams playing each other, that's 330 games that the NBA is missing out on. Ticket sales revenue, concessions, parking, like all this stuff that goes into it, jersey sales, merchandise sales, all this stuff, they won't do that. Even if it makes the NBA more watchable and every game mean more, I doubt they do that. And you yeah. even saw it. Like, they are willing to adapt and they are willing to change. So I'm not going to say it would never happen, but it seems like the direction they're going is 
in-season tournament, we'll even add a game that just means more. But we'll, we'll still have the other 82. I really have a hard time believing they'll shorten the season. But you're right about the lockout years in the COVID year. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's the other thing. And obviously, they're never going to do it. And we're talking about whether the 65-game threshold matters. It should mm-hmm. matter. You should have these thresholds. If you, what I can't do math off, off the top of my head. What's uh, what's 65 out of 82 games, the percentage? So you got to play 80% of your game. So you have to show up to work 80% of the time. You have to show up to work Monday through Thursday, and you're getting Fridays off, essentially. You, if you can't play 65 games, you're not MVP. You're not – like, that's the whole thing, and they put these contract clause into it and stuff. It's so – like, if you get hurt, that's just w- what it is. Like, if if you miss a season, if you, if you miss a whole season, then you, you don't get to become MVP. That's what it is. If you miss seven, if you miss eighteen games, you should not be the MVP. You should not be All Star. Mm-hmm. Like it does not matter. Um, maybe there should be some caveat if there's like, hey, this guy was so much better than everyone else in the fifty games he played. Mm-hmm. But even then, if you're missing thirty five games, you're probably not the All Star, anyways. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And we saw that. The, my argument would be, and I heard uh, Ryan Rosillo say this on his podcast, is that, and I thought this too, as soon as the rule is in, insinuated. The voters take that into account. These voters aren't just like looking at stats and looking at points per game and rebounds per game and saying, oh, he only played 45 games, but he has better stats per game, so we're going to vote him in. I think the voters could have been trusted to take that into account. I don't think they're going to give the MVP to somebody that's played 60 games. We saw it with Rookie of the Year, funny enough, with Joel Embiid when he played 50 games, and they gave it to Malcolm Brogdon just because they were like, there's no way this is enough games to win this award. So I think the voters could have been trusted to do that. Now, I know what the NBA is doing is like, oh, we want to guarantee that this product gets out there. Like, all of a sudden, if players are load managing two or three, four games at the end of the year, they're not going to do that anymore because they want to hit that contract incentive to where it's like, oh, you can make all NBA team now. But I just, I almost feel like it's doing more harm than it's worth. I'm not totally against it, but you guys, you got guys like MB playing hurt. Halliburton comes back early and plays a 22-minute minute restriction. Like, come on. That's for one reason. He wants to make all NBA. Yeah, and, and the, I can see the downside of the rule. It's like, okay, these guys are just going to play and not try in these games. Like They're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try in 50 of the games, but 15 of them, I'm just not even going to care. Like I'll even play 20 yeah. minutes. I'll sit the second half kind of thing. And But like, what's – I feel like that that's the crazy thing. I don't know if there – is there a minutes amount that you have to hit? It's 20 minutes per game. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, like – What's stopping a player from playing 20 minutes in the first half and you're like, all right, I'm done? Nothing. Yeah, if, if you play the 65 games, you only have to play 20 minutes in that game. So, but, th- but then I think that gets into where it's like these guys are competitive. Most of them are competitive where it's like if you play 20 minutes, you're out there grinding with the guys. Like you want to finish it out. You don't want to sit out for the last 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's almost doing more harm than it's worth. And it sucks to see Embiid playing through an injury. And we'll never know the real reason. But he was clearly not right. And people were bashing him about the whole Embiid versus Jokic thing. And I think that debate's gotten out of control. It's turned into, it's not even fun anymore. To where, like, you know, it's fun at the lunch table to be like, oh. Was it ever fun? I don't think it was. It's fun at the lunch table to be like LeBron or Jordan or, you know, ooh, Will or Bill Russell or like all these like random comparisons, like people we watch where it's like Kobe versus, I don't know, LeBron or whoever. Like it was always those debates. The Jokic and B was just gross at this point like they clearly don't have a rivalry with each other so why are we kind of manufacturing one i don't know yeah and also it's 
it's not even a rivalry because one is so much better than the other. Yeah, and people, like Jokic fans, should not be like pissed off that Embiid won an MVP last year. He deserved it. Like then Jokic went on in the playoffs and dominated and got Finals MVP and won a championship. But that doesn't mean that hindsight should be like, oh, Jokic should have been the MVP because it's a regular season award. Like I don't know why people are so upset about that. Yeah, and also why? Like I understand the MVP is great historically and stuff, but like all that matters is a title, right? Like, and if we're being completely for these honest, guys that have already won MVP, it's like, yeah, focus on winning the title, especially if you're Embiid. I don't, under, I know you know you're a competitor and blah blah blah, and you want that MVP award and you want to be named the best player in the league and all that. But like, if you're Embiid, you've already won the MVP. You've done it. You've gotten there. You got, the championship is your next spot. Like everything should be in line to going for this championship. Sit out some games. Like if you're actually hurt, then sit out. Don't go for this MVP. Mm-hmm. Be ready for the playoffs because every single year you overdo it in the regular season and you're hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Especially with a guy like Embiid, who's seven foot one, seven foot two, has an injury history. He doesn't come back quickly from these serious injuries. And then when the playoffs start, something's not right. It's almost every year he's banged up come April and May. So I think you're right as far as he's won the MVP. Philly has zero chance without him in the lineup fully healthy in the playoffs. So if he if he has to sit out the next 20 games for him to be healthy in April and May, so be it. Nobody should follow him and be like, he's a fraud, like he doesn't deserve this and that and that. The only time when it matters, we always get on this show and we're like, NBA regular season, watered down, game to game, doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is him healthy come May. Because they're not going to fall out of the playoff race. They will be a top four seed if he plays 55 games. I, I don't get it. You have to be healthy. That is the number one priority. Screw the MVP. Screw everybody on Twitter. With a guy like Embiid, who's been as healthy as he has, I can't believe he hasn't had more of a serious injury. Like, the way he falls and gets hurt a lot, he always seems to come back, but he's never 100%. you got to be 100% if you want a chance to chase a title. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, look at LeBron. LeBron has, you know, ever since he's gotten into his older age and stopped trying to go for these MVPs, he's taken off more games in the regular season. He right. doesn't play as hard a defense in the regular season, and he's saving himself for the playoffs. That's the name of the game, and that's what you have to do. Yeah, and that LeBron is the best at that. Just picking his spots, taking a defensive possession off here, or knowing like when to switch, and like I'll just hang out in the corner on this guy. And I think Embiid will get to that point. But the thing is, when he goes when he goes out there, he's going 100. I don't know. I'll just close with this on this point. People need to stop bashing Embiid for quote ducking Jokic. Like I get it. Like it's a little bit. Like, even when it happened on Saturday, I was like, okay, what the hell? But then like you really watch him in this Warriors game, he was clearly not healthy. And yeah. if you're a Sixers fan, you got to be like, look, I know it sucks getting bashed on Twitter, but we got to be healthy come April. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think you you hit it on the nail there. Let's talk about last night. Let's talk about the Bucks yeah. last night. Dame's return to Portland ended in the dumbest way possible, where Giannis gets the ball down three, and they and you knew Portland was going to foul and all this stuff. But uh, what did you want to bring up about the Bucks and Lillard's return and everything? Well, first off, with the Giannis thing, not the best decision. Doc Rivers tried to explain it post-game. Did you see this, by the way? Did you see what he said when somebody I asked him about Doc it? Rivers' explanation now. He said his entire thought process was, if Giannis catches the ball, he, quote, anticipated they would foul him. And he was like, if Giannis can make the first one, big if, then he felt good about Giannis having the best chance to get an offensive rebound off his own miss. Because we've seen the Luka and the Donovan Mitchell, like, clink off the front of the rim and get it Why back. Why did you not just shoot a three? Well, he knew they were going to foul him in the backcourt, was the thing. And so he was like, 
But but then my my thing is, if you're the, the Bucks, do you want Giannis on the block? You want him shoving some guy in the back, make the ref call a foul. He has a crazy wingspan. He will go up and get the rebound. He has more of a chance to do that than getting his own miss at the free throw line. And yeah. he's a 65% free throw shooter. He's not even going to make the first one, probably, which he didn't. And then that screws him. So I just thought it was bad all around. you got to get the ball in somebody's hands that will at least make the first one and then give you a chance to tip it up with three seconds left. You can't ask your team to tip it back out for a three with five seconds left. It doesn't make any sense. I thought that was stupid. Yeah, I, I it was ridiculous too. But uh, you want to talk about the, the tribute videos before the game. Yeah, I did. So if you're an NBA team, if you're an NBA fan, what is the bare minimum? that can happen for a guy to get a tribute video. Like, what do they have to contribute to a franchise to be deserving of a tribute video? Because obviously we've got, you know, LeBron will get one in Miami and Cleveland, or, you know, Durant, as much as people hated him after he left Oklahoma City, he deserved one for OKC. Russ deserved one for OKC. All these guys. What's kind of the bare minimum to get one? Like, what do you have to accomplish? How long do you have to play there? Who do you have to be? Maybe even a player example. What do you think? I think we talked about it before we were we were recording. Terry Rozier in, at Charlotte, I think that's the bare minimum to get a tribute video. I think so, too. Just like one. He's going to get one yeah. when he goes back. Well, he should. They gave him one when he left. They put together a little video compilation the day he got traded, so I fully anticipate him getting one. And it's deserving for a franchise like Charlotte who doesn't have much. Does Ben Simmons get one if he ever returns to Brooklyn? He return? You mean Philly? No, 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 no. If he, like, leaves Brooklyn and comes back. <laughs> I don't I don't even think he would get acknowledged. Like I don't even think the fans would care enough to boo him at this point. It's just like, well, no, no. Spin zone. Would he get one just returning to the court in Brooklyn? There you go. See, the other night he should have got one. Like every time <laughs> yeah. he he misses 45 games and comes back, they should play one. Like, oh, Ben Simmons with a 8.6 rebound, 7 assist they're, performance against Miami. Yeah, they're showing LSU highlights. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this is with the Sixers, but he did good here. Like this is good. <laughs> That was yeah. that's funny. Uh, what do you think? I, though? I mean, like, if you win a title, if you were like a, a in uh, like a main piece of a title team, obviously you're gonna get one. Um, yeah. But like Rozier was never an All Star, but he meant a lot to Charlotte. He was one of their best players year after year. Yeah. And you know he's there what five I years. The ba- I think he's the bare minimum. I think so too. And the whole thing with Durant getting one, and he even said on Twitter he was like, they should just not do it. It'll just make it easier. I don't know. I mean, he, out of the big three in Brooklyn, he's the only one that really tried, if we're being completely honest. He's the only one that really showed up game to game in series and stuff. Like, Harden and Kyrie were just very hit or miss. So I don't hate it. Yeah. But it's also not some big emotional return, like Durant returning to Brooklyn. Will Kyle Lowry get one as a Hornet? (laughs) Only if Ish Smith does. Ish Smith, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, I want to say, like, I feel like the Jazz would give, like, one to Joe Ingles when the Magic play here. Or Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. The, the Jazz <laughs> would do something like that. I feel like Does Gobert get one? Go. Ugh. I mean, he's already I think he has to. Again, hasn't he? Yeah, I think last year. But I think he would, like, he would qualify for one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he made all-star teams and defensive player of the year. He, he, I mean, if Terry Rozier's getting one, he's getting one. Yeah, okay. So Terry Rozier's the baseline then. 
I think I think we figured out Terry Rozier is the baseline for a tribute video. I think anything less than that is like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I think so too because he was there long enough. And then you got guys like Kawhi who played one year in Toronto but won a title and yeah, one Finals title. MVP. He, yeah. yeah, he was the best. Player That's all that matters. Team. Like Siakam's gonna get one in Toronto and all this stuff, but yeah, oh, I, Siakam, I, yeah. Like, does Festus Azili get one when he goes back to Golden State? <laughs> does Harrison, did Harrison Barnes get one the year after he left? I don't even remember. I bet he got one. I don't know. If that, that would was, be the baseline thing, though. I don't know if that was a huge thing when he went back, though. That because that was what eight years ago, nine or eight, seven years ago. It was whenever they got Durant. So yeah, sixteen. So yeah, well, I guess would be the year. Yeah. Yeah. So eight years ago. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, he went. I mean, yeah. he was. He got drafted there. I don't know. Who's I don't, the? I, don't, I, I have a question for you. Who will be the next Hornet to get a tribute video? So it'll be de- definitely Terry Rozier. LA. You think so? Yeah, I bet Miles Bridges might get one. No, no. <laughs> it depends on how long it's been when he leaves. <laughs> if it's next year, I don't think he gets one. Yeah, I, I bet Miles Bridges gets one, and they put together a little hype video with Eric Collins' commentary mm. over it. I bet mm. Miles Bridges gets one. It's not going to be a long one. It's not going to be like a dramatic one. It's like a thirty-second one. And welcome back to charlotte miles bridges yeah nothing will be as emotional as the i was at the kimba return game when boston played there and that was a that was a pretty emotional one people loved kimba yeah i know other people other fans listening to this are like you guys are over kimba seriously yes (laughs) yes the amount of games he kept us in that we the hornet should not have been in unreal i thought that was an interesting topic though yeah i don't i can't think of any other names uh what else do we want to talk about? I wanted to get into this. I know you don't really want to talk about this, but LeBron's hourglass tweet. And people will say, for, for those that don't know, LeBron tweeted the emoji of an hourglass. And it was specifically the one where the time has run out, where all the sand was at the bottom. And so, of course, all the Twitter sleuths were like, that means somebody's getting traded. Darvin Ham, like, pack your bags. You're out of here. Turns out the next day he got you know partnered with DraftKings. So that could have been what it's about. But it seems like everything LeBron does is a little underhanded. There's always some underhanded meeting, Carter. Yep. And I think this goes back to our TikTok video like from a year ago, I think. LeBron is just a basic white girl. Everything <laughs> he says has something behind it. Like nothing you know, if you ask LeBron, you know, you're hanging out with LeBron and LeBron just you're like, Hey LeBron, are you okay? It's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I'm seriously, I'm fine. <laughs> That's how LeBron would would respond to you. Everything is there's something behind everything he says, and that's how every w- woman is. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then you're like, okay, cool. And then you start walking. And he's like, huh, huh. Oh, oh man. So, oh, so, so you're Whoa, it's me. What was actually wrong? Yeah. Oh, so you just don't care? Yeah. Oh, you, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, okay. This, this is like a high school girl. LeBron subtweets that, and then all the dudes like Rob Plinka and Darvin Ham, they're all in a group chat. Like, what does this mean? Who's she talking about? What's going on? Like, is this about you? Yeah. And it's like, what are we doing here? And everybody's like discussing their theories and stuff. Uh, he's literally, he's literally just a hot chick. And then you got Christian Wood subtweeting twenty minutes before the game, whenever lineups are announced, yeah, and, and Jackson Christian Hayes is starting. Wood, Christian, yeah, Christian Wood is like LeBron's fat friend. You're like, shut up. Yeah, cock blocking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't care. And Christian Wood, we do not care. Or he sees LeBron subtweet, and it's like, oh, here we go. You take notes. Like it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he swore it wasn't about the lineup after the games. Like, give me a break. 
Yeah, it's like a hot girl wearing a crop top, and then Christian Wood's like, ooh, I should do that too. And you're like, Christian Wood, you should not. <laughs> Don't do that, Christian Wood. Let's, let's stay in the uh, oversized and tall section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, hey, double XL still. Don't pretend you're a large. <laughs> That's funny. Do you think, spiraling off that, do the Lakers actually make a move? We don't have to spend long on this, but do you like? Do they get that third star, like a Levine or a Dejounte Murray? What do you think? I don't know. You see the tweets. I, I you get the Jake the Jake Fisher fake r- rumor every day, where it's like, yeah, per Jake Fisher, uh, Muhammad Salah is going to sign with the Lakers. You're like, shut up. Like, yeah. nothing Jake Fisher's ever reported has ever turned out to actually happen. Um, I you get those reports every day. It's like D'Angelo Russell could be moved for Miles mm-hmm. Bridges and all this stuff. I don't know. The move, like every Laker fan's going to talk themselves into like, oh, we could go get this guy. We could go get Miles Bridges. We could go get you know some other star or whatever. Zach Levine it seems like they're just going to get Gordon Hayward, doesn't it? That's what I was going to say. Is even if they don't make a trade, the buyout market will be huge for them. And I don't think Hayward is. I don't think he'll hit the buyout market. I think there will be a team to go and get him, which could be LA. But if you're the Lakers, I mean, I could see them sitting there and doing nothing. Like, really. And then people get all mad about it, and then they'll try to get somebody in the buyout market. But what's the move for them? Like, does DeJounte Murray really make them that much better? I, I think so. I think I think so. he's a better fit than I, Levine. So my thing is, I don't think Levine, Murray, I don't think that matters as much as more so it matters I think if the Lakers don't make that move, LeBron's not going to buy into this team. I think we're going to see LeBron start sitting out second half of the season. He's like, you know what? I don't have a lot of games left. Let's not waste it this season. We didn't make a move. Yep. I don't care. Because he's always going to put that pressure on the front office to make that move. And like we've seen a million times, and Windhorst will say a million times, if LeBron does not believe in a team, then he's not going to play as hard. He's going to sit out games. You're going to see him give up on defense. It's going to be very evident game to game. Yep. And I think we're slowly seeing that game to game now. Until they make that move, I think that move can refresh in LeBron and get him, all right, we're, he's re-energized and let's go. Well, that's the thing is if LeBron's not bought in, then your season's over. Like that's basically what it is. They're sitting at 500 right now. There's that funny picture of him like glaring at Darvin Ham going around. But I don't know what the answer is. Like is a coaching change what they need? Maybe it is. Like maybe it's just like let's get somebody in here that the players believe in. But I don't think Darvin Ham's doing. Like he doesn't deserve 100 percent of the blame. No, I I think it's just get new players and that's what LeBron does. You get a new player and you're like okay like things are a little now they can make a run. Yeah, I mean it's like when Russell when they got rid of Russell Westbrook. Like all right. Things are, you know, things are turning mm-hmm. around right now. So, and like Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, I'm not going to say there's a massive difference between the two. Like, yes, different play styles a little bit, but talent-wise, like, it's not that different. Like, DeJounte Murray, Zach Levine, not that different. I I, I don't know. I, I, I think they need – I think they need to make a move, but yeah. does Gordon I think get LeBron out of bed? Maybe. If he's – you know, all of a sudden Gordon Hayward goes to LA and stays healthy and plays thirty five oh, minutes would. a game. Oh, yeah, he's gonna play he's gonna hit that sixty five game threshold in LA. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know. Last thing on the Lakers. I think they will have to make a move, honestly, just if not for anything else, then to just keep LeBron engaged. Then to just make LeBron believe they have a chance and it's worth playing the last thirty games full speed, where it's like, Oh, we can make a push for a top six seater. We need to get this home play in tournament game. Because right now, it's looking like they're going to be in the play-in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let me ask you this: Would you rather be the Knicks or the Lakers right now? All things. Oh, that, that's a good question. I think I'd rather be the Knicks. I don't think they have more talent than the Lakers, but I think just the overall direction of the franchise. Fans are starting to believe again. They're on a huge streak right now after getting OG and Anobi. Brunson's playing at an MVP level. Uh, his game's at an MVP level right now. I just think the overall direction of the franchise is looking up. Now, if you're asking me who I think has a better chance to win a title, I'm taking the LeBron and Anthony Davis team. I am. But as a franchise, with assets that they have and the direction of the franchise, I like the Knicks. I think there's just more hope right now. I think there is more hope in New York, too. And this actually finally feels like the time they get free agents. One big I think so, name too. Is coming there. Like they're, they're going to get that big name now. It's finally, it, finally coming It can't together. be Donovan Mitchell. Cannot be Donovan Mitchell. That would not work. Why not? Him and Brunson in the backcourt, I mean, it's just like Swiss cheese, like come to the rim. But I guess if they have Mitchell Robinson and Ananobi on the wing, like that would be the team to mask it. But I don't know. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why they got OG, and they're like, hey, he can cover up for Mitchell and Brunson's defensive liability. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. This is, this does feel like the time because, you know, the last five years it's been, oh, Durant coming to New York or Zion, we're going to get Zion or we're going to get LeBron. And it's like, Zion well. Zion New York would still be awesome. There is a chance that would still happen. The Pelicans, like, there's they have a good reason to move on from him if he doesn't, you know, start start doing something down there. Yeah, they should they should move on from him. Like, well, Charlotte, just take a chance. Just go get Zion. Be fun. Yeah. Cool. Give up your assets. Would you give up Lamelo for Zion? No, but I'd give up. Would you give up Mark Williams for Zion? Yeah, I think I would too. After this injury history, yeah, that, I don't, I don't like back injuries. Back injury, back and foot injuries for big men is yep. back, foot, and hip are like the holy trinity of death for big men for back for injuries. Like I would, would you give up Brandon Miller? No, I think Lamelo and Miller are the two untouchables, and you could, yeah, you could have a conversation. With now, Lamello, if, but. if Brandon Miller was on a crazy contract, then I would say, like, if he was on a Supermax deal or whatever, I would say I'd maybe take the swing, but he's on a rookie deal. You can't get rid of him. Right. I agree. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. I, I guess that's talking Knicks. I mean, they're good now. They are. 30, what are they? What are they in the standings right now? They're pretty high up there. They're currently sitting at 31 and 17. They're third in the conference right now. They're only two games back from the two seed. So, do you believe that this team can make a conference finals? I don't. I don't. See, I might. Well, the only argument would be defense travels. Defense in the playoffs, like that carries. That's what I was going to say. If they, now, I think it's very, very, very important they get the three seed. Yeah. I think it's very important you get that three seed so you get to avoid Boston and they get to go to Milwaukee. I, I think I think they could go to seven with Milwaukee. I think so, too, because this is another one of those teams like Miami last year where it's like they play hard, they play defense, they don't quit, they hit timely shots, and all of a sudden Milwaukee's staring at a 3-1 to one deficit or a 2-1 to one deficit, and it's like, how the hell did we get here? Now, if you're the Knicks, you do have to worry that if you're like in the 3-6 matchup, you might get matched up with Milwaukee or Miami. That would be the grossest series. I mean, over-unders for that game, for that series, would be like 210. Like, yeah, over-under 207. It'll, it'll be like early 2000s basketball. You're seeing 72 to 85 finals. That's the noon slot if that happens, by the way. That's the noon playoff oh, slot. Yeah. yeah, that is your... That, mm, 
I don't know. That would get that would get prime time because it's the Knicks and stuff. That's mm. the problem because like you are going to yeah. have the Celtics playing the Magic in the one eight mm. spot on NBA TV on Tuesdays, or the Bucks playing the Pacers or the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, the Bucks Bulls is the all time NBA TV series. But if you're if you're the Knicks, you almost want to see the Bucks because the Bucks calling card is their offense. It's the pick and roll, Damon Giannis, Lopez hitting threes, but Beasley spotting up, Middleton in the mid range. The Knicks have the defensive wings to stop that, to hinder that. Yeah. They can put Ananobi on Giannis or Dame. They've got DiVincenzo. They've got Josh Hart that can bring in. Mitchell Robinson might even be back. They, that is the team that can stop Milwaukee's offense, but yet Milwaukee's defense is so bad, the Knicks can score. Brunson would have his way with those guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I know I'm sneaky buying into this Knicks team. Like usually yeah. I, I try and say a little like whenever, you know, the jazz were on that run last season or whenever the Pacers were on their run earlier this season, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I, I don't know. Something yeah. don't feel right. Even the Timberwolves, Timberwolves are a great example. I'm like, I'm still like something doesn't feel right about me or about this. The Knicks, you're like, you watch them. You're like, Oh man, dude, this team is going to be a tough out. A tough out. Yeah. They are talented, and they play so hard. There is a path for them to make an Eastern Conference Finals. Now, there would need to be some dominoes fall in their favor. They would need to get a favorable matchup. You know, I think Milwaukee's a great matchup for them, or even Cleveland. They could probably give Cleveland some serious problems again. Even even the Sixers, if they somehow matched up with the Sixers. Well, that's the thing. Like, I just think some dominoes have to fall to where Embiid's not 100%, or somebody twists an ankle or goes down, and then all of a sudden the Are Knicks you- win two series. Knicks Sixers, who are you taking in seven games? I'm still taking the Sixers. If if you're telling me Embiid's healthy and he's only played 55 games and he's going into that playoffs rested, I think Maxi can play 40 minutes a game and give them some trouble. I don't know, man. I would almost lean Knicks. Who are they going to put on Embiid? That's the thing. I, you can you can get away with Ananobi on like Giannis, maybe you can try and slow him down, but Embiid's just too big. But. The thing is, I think you just let Embiid go get his 35 points and then make everybody else beat you. That's fair. I think that's, I think that's fair. It would be close. I would take that series to go to seven games. Are you worried about Tobias Harris in the playoffs? Probably not. Probably not. You might just stick a, an Anobi on Tyrese Maxey and say, screw it, beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Last. Uh, I think last, that they can make some noise. Yeah. Last two things I want to talk about. Uh, a surprise segment I didn't prepare you for or anything. Um, uh what uh we'll do that last first off uh let's do hornets minute one minute timer state of the union starting now you mean go first yeah um it's bad right now it's bad there was the rogier comments that were taken i think taken out of context he went on twitter and said some stuff he was like this isn't really what i meant but he basically said that losing is accepted in charlotte losing is expected and when people lose they're not upset and then he was saying in Miami, there's a different, you know, heat culture, blah, blah, blah. But there is an expectation to win and be competitive in every single game. So they lost their first, what, four games with Rozier there. And then you got Charlotte losing by 25. And LaMelo's, you know, cutting up on the bench with Book Knight and Bryce McGowan's. And it just seems like nobody cares. I think this franchise is the laughing stock of the league right now. And it's pitiful to watch them night in and night out. Like, oh, P.J. Washington scored 40 or Miles got 30 points on 25 shots. It's like, yay, we still lost by 12. Like, the Bulls game last night, went to the fourth quarter, tied, lost by double digits. It's just very frustrating as a fan because there's not a lot of hope right now. There's no hope. They are the la- I think they're the laughing stock of professional sports franchises, not even 
not even just yeah. the NBA. I mean, it is a clinical joke right now. I mean, we've already we we don't have to reiterate it. They can't. They've never had playoff success. They never had any success. I think what it boils down to now: get rid of the coach. Got to get rid of Steve Clifford. Just get rid of and Cupcheck. Yeah, and and the GM GM coach got to go. Bring in a whole new crew. It's new ownership, new regime. Let's get something new in there. Get rid of the Haywards of the world. Let's start things new. Run it with Lamella, Mark Williams, Brandon Miller next season. Let's have fun. I agree, and that's the thing is that you even saw it with the Panthers. Like they just got fresh blood in there, like a younger guy who comes in invigorated, ready to get going. The Hornets just need some kind of shot of adrenaline because there's been no injury updates on Hayward, who's supposed to be playing his way to more trade value, but there's no updates there. Mark Williams has been out for 40 games, and nobody said a word about him. No timetable for return. It's just terrible, and they're the most unserious franchise in the league. All right, I have a, conspir- I have a theory, and uh, I think this might work. Okay, hit me. What if we had a porn star as our head coach? <laughs> All of a sudden, Jordan Poole demands a trade to Charlotte. <laughs> Zion's demanding a trade. Lamelo's Zion gonna is play, there. Lamelo's going to play out of his mind. Lamelo's not going to get his, an ankle sprain anymore. He's playing 82 games. <laughs> Lamelo will be in first-team All-NBA talk. <laughs> Who else is getting traded to that team? Well, Gordon Hayward's instantly gone. He'll just quit. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Mason Plumlee is going to pretend he never played for the Hornets. Cody Zeller is just like rolling in his grave in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Jordan Poole would be on the Hornets immediately, and Lamelo would probably make first team All NBA. PJ PJ is probably going to be a you know starter All NBA starter uh, also. He he would sign a veteran minimum contract. He he would sign Ro- that man. Rozier's back. Screw Heat culture. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. yeah, I I think we solved Charlotte Hornets' issues. I think the Hornets just need to hire a porn star. As their <laughs> <laughs> or an Instagram model. <laughs> yeah, just like an OnlyFans model. Oh man, over oh, such a joke. Um, last thing I want to do, and then we'll get out of here. Um, let's play a little college of the NBA. I did this with Ben earlier this week. Think of names oh, off God. the top of your head. I can cut stuff out if we you know we're taking forever. Um, okay. we'll just name players. Let's name like three to four players and you're going to, you just got to say where they went to college. We can do 2010s or people who aren't playing anymore too. Like, okay. But, do I need uh, to try to like stump you or are we just doing like, nah, it can be, you know, it can be whatever. Okay. Uh, do you have a you name mean, off the top of your head? Darren Collison. UCLA. Okay. Good job. All right. Oh, nice. Nice. I know it's hard to think of these off the top of your head because you have to like make sure you know them really well. Let's go with – dude, let's go with an NBA legend. Let's see if you know this. Where did Steve uh, Nash play college ball? Uh, Santa Clara, right? Okay, yep. Yep, all right. All right. All oh, right. yeah. I, I was going to be disappointed. Let's get cooking. Um, how about P.J. Tucker? Texas. Yep. Okay. Okay. Pretty Gosh, good. We're, okay. All right. We're cooking here. We're cooking here. Um, let's go with a recent guy, DeAndre Hunter, Virginia. That's an easy one. Easy, yeah. Easy. Um, oh, let's let me think. Let me think. What's a good one we could do? Bryce McGowan's. Wasn't it College of Charleston? <clears throat> Wasn't it Who Nebraska? Was Who was at College of Charleston on the Hornets? Oh gosh. Wasn't it? It was the guy who was in the G League, like with Bryce McGowan's. So McGowan's is Nebraska. I was right. Um, was it like Grant Riller? Grant Riller, that was it. 
Was it? It was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I got that mixed up. Dang it. Oh, elite um, ball knowledge. Wasn't Nate Darling. <laughs> was it Nate Darling? He was, I think Nate Darling was Delaware. One of them was College of Charleston. I know that for a fact. Oh, my God. I, Nate I Darling was Delaware. I just got that off the top of my head. What, did, we, did you look up Grant Riller or whatever? Um, Grant Riller College. College of Charleston. Charleston. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I knew I knew because I remember I I remember I lost money on College of Charleston. Uh, <laughs> I know I know it was when they played Carolina in the Dean Dome and they mm. covered. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with. Should we go? Should we go an older player or a current player? What would you like? Let's do current. Current. Let's go with Trey Young. Oklahoma. Okay, I, I was gonna be like, you don't know Trey Young played. Um, no, no, no. He played. With, he played here with Brady Manick. Funny enough, Marcus Smart, Oklahoma State. Let's go with. If you have one, just interrupt me. Um, I had one. I lost it for some reason. Hmm. Kenneth Fareed. Didn't he go to Moorhead State? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I was Look like, at you. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I was like, yeah, because um, he's like the all-time NCAA D1 like leading rebounder. I think still. Let's see here. I, I, I'm trying to think of a hard one off the top of my head. Um, let's, let's go with uh, Daniel Gafford. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Indiana is there? Is there like a give me conference? SEC. I'm going to double I genuinely have no idea. Okay, yeah, I was right. Arkansas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's keep, let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. All right. Um, let me think of a good one. What's a, what's a random-ass player in the NBA right now? Um, Markel Fultz. Washington. Okay. Just making sure. What about um, – damn, who was I going to say? Bruce Brown. Auburn. Miami, right? Oh, wait. Isn't Bruce Brown Miami? Why did I think Auburn? Yeah, Miami. Who am I I getting him mixed up with? Come on, Carter. Unbelievable. Who am I getting him mixed up with? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I I don't know why I thought Auburn. ACC guy, um, Miami. Let's see here. Oh, I'm try- oh, I'm trying to think. Larry Bird. Indiana State. Yep. I'm not as bad as the, I'm not as bad at this as I thought it was going to be. What about Darren Williams? Illinois. Okay. Um. Draymond. The problem is, who? Draymond. Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe we should just like get a ton of easy ones right and put out a TikTok and be like, dude, these guys know ball. <laughs> yeah, these guys clearly need a podcast. Like, this is all the credentials we need. Bradley Beal. Florida. Yep. Yep. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. I think I know this one. 
I do. It's either Pac-12 or Big East, right? It's Pac-12. Taj Gibson played at the University of Southern Cal. There we go. Okay, that's what I thought. What about George Hill? I'll never forget this one. Isn't it IUPUI? Yep, you know ball. Carter knows ball. Um, Derek Fisher. The Lopez. Derek Fisher? Oh, God. Um, Derek Fisher in college. I don't know. What conference? I don't know what conference there is. I have no clue, then. Arkansas Little Rock. What about the Lopez brothers? Stanford. Bobby Portis? Arkansas? Yeah, you're good. You're good at this. I told you, I would be be pretty mid at this. I say, we did it last week on the college basketball pod. Ben and I were having some trouble. It's tough. Some of those like mid two thousands people. It's like, oh my gosh, like I knew them in the NBA, and it's like, like where'd they go to college? It wasn't mid two thousands. We did all current. We did all current. Gabe Vincent. Current. Current might be a little harder for me. Gabe Vincent. Yeah, that's. That was I don't what know. We did last week. No clue. Genuinely. You see Santa Barbara. Yes. Yeah. I would not have known that. I think it might be Willie harder Clarkson. to do current players. Clarkson. Oh. Um, oh, it's it's like a weird one, isn't it? Nope. No, it's no. You'll be like, oh, of course, Jordan Jordan Clarkson played there. USC. Nope. Where? Missouri. I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> I would not have gotten that one. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. That is tough. We'll keep in there, but anyhow. All right, that's it from us. Subscribe, subscribe on Spotify, Apple. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Connor underscore Sparrow at Carter B eight. If you didn't tune into the College Basketball Podcast, tune in with Ben Connor and I. It's great. Talk about Duke UNC and all the other big games this weekend, among other things. And stay mm-hmm. tuned next week. Super Bowl pod, the Super Bowl props yeah. pod. I'm so excited. Like I said last night when we were doing the College Basketball Podcast, I think uh, I love doing some of the preview pods because then you you can talk yourself into anything during the preview podcast. And I'm so oh, yeah. thirsty. I'm th- so thirsty for football. My, I just need to quench my thirst for football, and I get to talk about previews. But uh, <laughs> and Mar- March Madness is just ridiculous. I love everything about March Madness. But the Super Bowl Props Pod is easily one of my favorite podcasts that we do every year. I'm so excited. There's going to be four of us on there next week. Very, very, very excited about that. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Tune in. Subscribe. And before we go. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use code CarterCast for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Use code CarterCast. Download the SeatGeek app today or go to SeatGeek.com to buy your next tickets to your concert or sports event. And hey, Carter. That's it. What's up? Congrats on the Duke win. I just want to tell you, they played no, hard. No, no, and no, congratulations. No, 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 no. Like, they deserved it. They deserved you it. Know, I'm the one who's going to be editing this, so maybe I will just either edit that part out or I won't post this podcast until, like, <laughs> right after the game. <laughs> So therefore, this doesn't come out. But anyhow, all right, that'll do it from us. We'll see you all next time. And congrats to Carolina's winning. Bye-bye. Um. <laughs>